Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Tea Talks at Kudu, where you get to listen to some pretty good book reviews while also learning more about one of the most famous beverages in the world, tea. I'm your host, X Kudu, and today we shall be looking at another spicy series by Katie Roberts, except this time instead of Disney retellings, we're working with Greek mythology. I'm talking about Hades and Persephone, Eris and Psyche, and so many more surprising groupings that you can't help but finish the series in one sitting. Now let's get our tea of the day before we settle down to enjoy this book review. Today's tea is jasmine tea, a floral concoction, usually with green tea as its base, although black and white tea can also be used. The leaves are either stored together with jasmine flowers in storage or blended together for the aromas to mix, hence the floral scent. On top of being rich in antioxidants, jasmine tea also has a subtle sweet flavour that makes it absolutely delicious. Okay. So now we can talk about neon gods. A bit of background, in this mythology retelling, the Olympians are actually monkeys used by normal civilians who oversee different territories in the area of Olympus. So think mafia, but with names like Zeus, Hera, Aphrodite, etc. They're like titles and usually, um, Basically, some of them are like bloodline titles. So you'd, co- you'd uh, come into them through your bloodline. So a son would succeed a father or whatnot. One interesting to note is that uh, upon succession, one of the first things you do is burn your name, quote-unquote. So you'd forget your name and take up the mantle of Zeus or Hera, etc. Uh, to showcase um, your willingness to fall into this role fully. Another thing you should know is that these people, they're absolutely cutthroat. Absolutely. Uh, Neon Gods is the first book in the Dark Olympus series. Um, and this one, like I said before, it's Hades and Persephone. So some of these titles are hereditary. So I think, I believe Zeus is hereditary. Hera is when he marries Zeus. Um, Aphrodite is elected, Demeter is elected. Uh, so the, her- the hereditary um, title is a person from father to son, uh, and once the son gets a title, he burns his name. Now, Persephone in this book, she is obviously the daughter of the meter, however, she has three sisters, Psyche, Callisto, and Eurydice. Now, Persephone has molded herself into this perfect daughter visage for the media. Her sister Psyche, however, is an influencer, so the media loves to see it. The second book in the series actually focuses on Psych, and it was amazing, honestly. I actually have a review for that. It's called Electric Idol, and it's just ah, it's just amazing. Uh, so you get to know a little bit more about Psych later on. Callisto is the rebel of the family. She's all teeth and claws, and I am legitimately hoping somehow she ends up being Zeus, because um, really, really far down in Neon Gods, you see that Callisto ends up making this huge sacrifice for her family, uh, she ends up marrying Zeus, therefore she's going to be stepping into the role of Hera, and I'm just hoping that they butt heads so much that Callisto somehow off Zeus and becomes Zeus. Like, I think it would be a perfect, perfect storyline for somebody like her, uh, but more on that later. Then we have Eurydice, the baby of a family. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, she's been very sheltered both by her sisters and her mother. So Persephone, uh, the book starts off where she's at Dodona um, Tower, basically this big.
big sparkling tower in this larger sparkling upper city of Olympus that's ruled over by the 13. Now, fun fact, the 13 is actually 12, uh, with Hades just being um, a placeholder, for lack of better words. Many people think Hades is a mist, a boogeyman, something you tell uh, your kids to make them behave. Little do they know, and as you'll soon find out, Hades is very much alive and well in the lower city, something that very few know. Only those who um, brave Cypress Bridge, uh, which is one of the few bridges that connects the upper and lower cities. If you brave um, crossing that bridge and end up there, it's only then you'll become aware that Hades is very much real and alive. So this actually uh, ends up being Persephone's future because at this party she's at where her sister site, um, she, uh, she uh, is shocked to find out that her mother basically bargained her off in marriage to Zeus. Uh, keep in mind Zeus at this point, he's like several decades older and he has a history of killing all his wives. So every Hera before him has somehow mysteriously died. So it's absolutely horrible. Persephone can't wrap her head around the fact that Demeter would do this to her. And she's obviously panicking she you know and she leaves um the tower to go get some air however these men start to chase her and um she recognizes that it's Zeus's doing in retaliation for her kind of slighting him and escaping him to get some air uh, at what she now recognizes to be not just any party but her engagement party so obviously she is not willing to go through this and as these men chase her, she takes a risk and she runs across Cypress Bridge. Now there's some kind of magic there that kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, makes it uncomfortable for people to cross the bridge. However, she braves all of that because the alternative is to be captured by these strangers and to be hauled back off to Zeus to get married. So she sees her chance at escape, she takes it. And it's there that she meets Hades and it's from there that the story takes that spicy turn. But it's really, honestly, it's really nice. Now, I legitimately enjoyed this book. I think it was really cool. Uh, basically, Persephone and Hades have to come to an agreement that Persephone stays in the lower city for the three months leading up to her birthday because her grandmother had set up trust funds for Persephone and each of her sisters to access on their 25th birthdays. So Callisto being the oldest already accessed hers, however she stayed for her sisters because she recognized the kind of mental and physical toll it took to play the games the 13 played. So that's why she's still here and it ends up being out good for Persephone because later on you see that um, there is a treaty where Hades will stay in the lower city and in return the 13 will not bother him. They will not wage war. So the lower and upper city will not go to war. However, Hades ends up breaking that treaty to save Eurydice when she is being chased in a gross um, re repeating of Persephone being chased by these men. Except this is Eurydice and she's very sheltered. So she's scared, she's screaming and... He just crosses the bridge to save her. Persephone recognizes how much this costs him, and she's obviously 
very thankful and very grateful to him and she takes it upon her she takes it upon herself to make sure that he doesn't have to pay you know so much so that uh, the people all the people that depend on him in the lower city um, end up suffering as well as himself because as she stays there for these three months she recognizes that the people of the lower city they don't defer to Hades because he is Hades they, do, they defer to him in actual loyalty because he takes the time to know all of them know all the history um, know what they need and she especially sees this when as she continues to stay away from the upper city her mother Namita starts to stop um, goods from enter in the lower city so they if effectively that she's trying to starve the lower city into submission so that persephone comes back um because of her guilt so it's a lot it's a time where persephone tries to you know uh she realizes a lot about herself she realizes that she is strong enough and Hades really helps her a lot with finding her confidence um giving her enough space and that feeling of security and safety to stop watching her words as if she's still in the upper city fighting those silent battles with her words and watching everything she does. So uh, th- th- those three months end up being like a break um, from having to play all those games uh, in Olympus for Persephone and she's grateful for it. The book ends off kind of like it's kind of anticlimactic kind of not uh but i thought it was cute um maybe i didn't expect it but it was cute so basically coming closer to the end um after Hades breaks the treaty zeus is all prepped up to go to war and persephone uh asks um hermes whose job just like in myth it as the god of messengers Hermes uh, effectively acts as like an instant message but in human form so she no virtually no kind of barrier can keep Hermes so that's the part of her um, title basically so Hermes um, sends this message to her mother and later on you basically find out that Persephone made um, a deal with Demeter that if she stands by Hades' side and gets the people in her po- in her back pocket to stand with Hades, um, Persephone will come back to Olympus and Demeter will have Hades beside her to help strengthen her power plays in the upper city. So, I mean, I, I, I respect Demeter for having um, her priorities in order. I don't think she went about it the right way. She actually does really care for her daughters. But, um, you know, I don't think... I, I, she's very callous. She's a very uh, tough love kind of gal, I guess. Uh, fun fact is that before she, Demeter came into her title, uh, all the girls lived on a farm. So she is very um, aware of what her job entails. And Demeter actually is voted in rather than being passed on through blood or anything like that. So Demeter was elected by the people on something she and Aphrodite constantly butted for. And you'll explore more about their relationship in Electric Idol. And honestly, it's just so ironic because they end up having to like 
it's really ironic they they have a hate-hate relationship and then you find out that um their kids don't have a hate-hate relationship so it's really funny uh out of the series so far i've only read the first two books um i'm looking forward to reading uh the third and the fourth book i believe both of them are all uh, and I'll def- definitely look out for reviews on this entire series because honestly, I I, I love it. I love it. It's amazing. So I highly recommend it, especially for some of you guys who like uh, dark Greek uh, retellings or retellings of mythology with a modern twist. This definitely has that here. Uh, the character development um, between characters, self-development for these characters, storyline, it's very well done, in my opinion. So, and as always, if you're looking for a bit of spice, definitely. And I didn't spoil any of, I, I don't think I spoiled any of that um, in this book because it, it's really a see it to believe it kind of feel here. So that concludes today's episode. You can find this episode along with others on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Acast um, platform. If you like this episode and feel so obliged, give me a follow as you talk with Google. And as always, anything you want me to review, any books, um etc you know where to find me at he talks with google so until next time guys bye